welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. You know, we come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times. At richarddugan.com, we are also uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and those are the podcast locations, lots of others as well. And then we're on YouTube now where you can watch these interviews, and we hope that you will uh, subscribe to uh, Tell Me Your Story on YouTube. And uh, Richard Dugan is the website, and all you have to do is look for the guy with the hat, okay? So there you go. We also will be giving you our guest website so that you can continue your evolutionary process. And also, if you'd like to support what we're doing, if it resonates with you, we'd love to have your support. Uh, We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. We also ask you to participate in... The 2020s, the decade of perfect vision, going within, seeking uh, that still small voice and finding that quiet, calm, peaceful place where you can just rejuvenate, relax, and uh, just basically recharge the batteries, as it were. Uh, We have a returning guest, Christy Turnabeni. She is uh, joining us again to talk about health and wellness and well-being. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you. And I'm so glad that you got over your diabetes. (laughs) Well, you know, it only took me, um, well, it took me less than two months. Yep. And I have to say that the one thing that just, I I have to laugh, but it's almost a laugh of um, sadness when I see the uh, commercials for the pharmaceuticals that people are promoting, that the pharmaceutical industry is promoting to get your A1C down, to get your blood sugar normal and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like all it takes is adjusting your diet and adding some more movement and exercise into your life. And, of course, we were talking about this, my wife and I, uh, when we were seeing some of these commercials. And she says, well, you know, that may be true. But then again, a lot of people just don't have the willpower to do that for whatever reason or they don't know how or they don't know how and that to me is really unfortunate and that's what this program is about it's to bring you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true if that's getting your a1c back down to where it's supposed to be normal 5.7 with a daily blood sugar or you know your average should be around 100 105 110 the range is between uh, 80 on the low end, still normal, and I believe it's 160 or 170 on the high end. It's still normal. Uh, now, gotten higher since I've been a med tech. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and again, that's just what they're showing. Um, but, um, you know, my peak so far since uh, my blood sugar was checked and my A1C was return, uh, returned to 5.7, my highest has been 155. But uh-huh. I just had a slice of apple pie. Yeah. You know, and it's like if your your blood sugar stays where around the area it's supposed to, then you're fine. It's going to peak every once in a while. That's just what it does, right? Well, since diabetes runs in my family, I don't eat apple pie anymore. <laughs> I eat plain apples. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, too. I love apples, especially with peanut butter on them. Thank you very much. Very tasty. Yeah. But but almond but uh, almond butter is better for you. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, almond butter. Uh, I've I've even tried cashew butter. That's really good too. Well, uh, cashews are not on 
a bunch of people's names. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Everybody has to find their their happy medium, and they've got to find those foods that uh, uh, help them, support them, because we're all different. And so right. it takes different foods for us to do that. On today's program, we are going to talk about health and wellness. You know, one of the things that just occurred to me as I was talking about uh, the decade of perfect vision, and especially with health, is a, is a modality. I haven't used it a lot, and maybe it's more because, you know, I tend to trust my intuition uh, more than anything else, and this is still part of that. Uh, but that's a modality called kinesiology. I was taught about this back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, I learned about kinesiology. They call it muscle testing as well. Right. I would think that there comes a point at which you just, you've been using it for so long that you don't need to do the physical process uh, where you, you take your, th- fing- your, your, your index finger, your thumb of one hand, and then you loop the other hand, same thing, like a, you're making two chains, links in a chain. And you do yes, and it doesn't come apart. You do no, and it comes apart, that kind of thing. When you're going, say, to the grocery store, and you're deciding whether or not you should, th- this is good for you. Not whether it's any good, but whether it's good for you. Uh, and um, your body doesn't lie. Would you say that uh, there does come a point when you become more aware that you just know, no, uh, asparagus, not today, probably not a good idea. Radishes, not bad. You well, know? I had to use my list. <laughs> You're Okay. Because- because I was, uh, I like to try everything and it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and so what you did is you actually found what? Through trial and error rather than uh, say, you know, being guided. So because not a lot of people, they I are. started with a book. Okay. It was trial and error with a book. Okay. And then um, I ordered a couple tests, found out I was low carb and I said, well, I can't eat all this protein because I can't digest it all. Mm-hmm. So I had to adjust my proteins. I couldn't eat all the vegetables I thought I liked because it caused pain. So I said, okay, where on this list is the one thing I'm eating that's called, oh, tomatoes. Ah. For, me, for me, it was tomatoes. I went, okay. So I had to cut tomatoes out of all my recipes. <laughs> I've heard it said that it isn't so much the tomato, the meat, it's the seeds. Um, I've heard that too. My husband is a blood type O and as he's getting older, he has more acid reflux. So Uh we've gone to the San Marzano tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Then there's another, there's another element too. There's not just one kind of tomato in this case, as we're talking. That's true. So maybe you have to try different varieties. For us, blood type A's, B's and AB's nightshades are a real problem. Hmm. So the O's can tolerate tomatoes. And that's really the, sort of the focal point of the work that you do is is focusing on blood type. Yes. And genotype. And genotype. Okay. So uh-huh. so you have to have the person you're working with do a little research uh, on the family history? Um, a family history would be good because I would like to know what they're dealing with and what problems they have to overcome and some of the surprises are some of the dirty genes that have been found in people that cause them pain 
bad digestion and all sorts of things. Mm. So this is where I found Dr. Ben Lynch. Mm-hmm. And he added a strategy to his mm. platform. Strategy. And what it strategy. It diagnoses all your biochemical pathways and it tells you where you're weak and where you need to supplement and that's why minerals like manganese and zinc are everywhere in those pathways Mm -hmm. and your b vitamins are in those pathways and you have to find it somewhere and preferably food The other remarkable thing about the human body, uh, when you're talking about these different foods and fruits and vegetables, whatever the foods are, uh, in terms of supporting your your uh, uh, your body, your system, the machine that that we reside in as spirit beings, um, uh, is that when you take in the right kinds of foods, those foods then generate what I like to call our internal medicine cabinet, our own personal pharmaceutical uh, company. Uh, well, they do, and it keeps your biochemical pathways running in the right direction so you don't get bad compounds building up in your system. And that seems to be a real problem with a lot of folks because they tend to eat the same things all the time. Well, um, I eat the same thing all the time simply because I have to get folate in every single meal. But my blood type O friend in Mexico loves variety, and she has a whole list to choose from. I have a whole list to choose from, but I found that I can't digest everything on that list, even though it is good for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can have this long list of things that are good for you, but then your body is going to react in certain ways to each one of those things. What about the aspect of, um, uh, I mean, it's fine. I'm, I'm just going to eat a tomato or I'm just going to eat uh, a peach or a pear or what have you. What about the, uh, the, the food combining concept? Does that change the metabolistic um, process in, your, in the body? Well, we have to balance our sodium and our potassium. We have to balance our magnesium and our zinc. So when you eat a fruit, you're eating a lot of potassium. So when you get hungry, what do you eat? Well, you eat something with sodium. Mm. <laughs> so finding out what things you have to balance in your body will help you learn what to eat next and not overeat because you'll say, oh, I had a protein for lunch. I need a vegetable to balance that protein. And then I can have my fruit a couple hours later so I can digest all this. Mm-hmm. You know, you also, um, I'm curious, how long have you been working with people to help them? And and again, uh, I, I take it in addition to uh, family uh, history, you also need to know their blood type. Uh, which which of those two, obviously they need, they're in combination, but is there a one that takes precedent over the other if they can't, let's say they were adopted, they don't know their family history. If you have at least their blood type, that's that's going to help you to help them yes the blood type is the first step the genotype is the second step okay and then when you get older we tend to gravitate towards sweets so how do we combat that we find our vitamins and we find out why we need those vitamins hmm 
So when someone has a, a craving for, let's just say, chocolate, are they actually craving the the nutrients that are in chocolate, or is it the sweet, the sugar, the 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 uh, legal? I'll put it this way: the legal white powder, the cocaine. <laughs> well, there was a a thing on the doctor's TV a long time ago. I believe I put it in the book. It's a link. Crave this, you might need that. Mm-hmm. So when you crave chocolate, you might be needing some magnesium. Okay. So listening to our cravings is also an important element, but it's not, not like giving in to them all the time. Th- that's the key. Is the key. Yeah. My father has always said, uh, eat, drink, and be merry in moderation because nobody gets out of this world alive. Yes. Uh, but it's how healthy you are. And this is sort of a paradox or a, a <laughs> mutually exclusive terms of a matter of speaking. Uh, if, you know, if you die healthy, well, wait a minute. If he was healthy, why did he die? You know, but it's, it's kind of like that old saying about... Um, uh, the person who is coming to the end of their life and they're running this this uh, marathon and they have a box of chocolates in one hand and a glass of champagne in the other and they come sliding in exhausted but boy do they feel good because they lived a good life they were healthy throughout and they just said hey it's time this to is, go this is my husband at 83 he said, I'm 83. Why can't I eat what I want? So then one day he can't walk. One day he's exhausted and he ate a spoonful of Jiffy peanut butter with lots of sugar. Mm. I said, well, maybe the sugar is too much. But he's eating peanut butter and crackers and where's his vitamins? Yeah. Yeah. So um, if he's not going to eat my kale salad, which is in the book, <laughs> if he's not going to eat the pumpkin seeds I prepare for myself, yeah, then he's not going to get enough magnesium and zinc. Yeah, I find that um, it from from my perspective and my experience, my wife has been. Uh, uh, a strong advocate when when my diagnosis of uh, type 2 diabetes came down she was obviously very concerned uh, and and rightly so and uh, then of course um, we we talked about it and uh, she says you have to promise me that that you know you're not going to drink any more sodas and this and that and the other and I found alternatives that are okay low zero sugar zero carbs zero calories that kind of thing uh, but I still check the ingredients. <clears throat> and uh, then, of course, um, uh, staying away from the, the sweet things, you know, candy bars and those kinds of things. And I've, I've done very well at that. Um, yeah. And I check, my, I check my blood sugar, not every day anymore, but every other day, maybe, you know, two or three times a week. Um, not, not so much because, you know, after a while, you know, boy, that starts to hurt in the finger. That doesn't bother me. That's, that's a momentary uh, irritation, shall we say. But the one thing that I, I shared with her in making my commitment to her once I had the meter um, was, uh, yeah, I'm committed to this because the meter doesn't lie. You cannot hide when you test your blood for glucose yes. because it will it will rat you out. 
And like you say, when you get on metformin and all those things, it pulls B12 out of your body. Yeah. So then you need even more yeah. nutrients from somewhere. Well, my, uh, so, my physician probably isn't listening to this program, so I can say that he's prescribed two pills a day. Well, when he first prescribed them, I said, I'm only taking one. And again, my blood sugar still went down as I described. So when he tells me that I can go to zero to, to one, I'm going to stop taking them all together. I've already read that it takes about four to five days for this particular chemical, this uh, metformin, to uh, be eliminated from the body. Uh, and at that point, I will be taking uh, blood sugar readings uh, in a body that's not taking medications, that is only eating the things in uh, uh, proper portions. That's another issue is portion control. But that, that would apply to a lot of issues that we deal with because we tend to eat a heck of a lot more than we should. I mean, my, remember the plethora that, that, that we went through a phase in this country uh, where we had uh, a myriad of all-you-can-eat places? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And then at, even at restaurants where you'd sit down, the size of the plate and the portions were enormous. Yes. There, there was a steakhouse in Arizona, in Phoenix, uh, Bill Johnson's uh, Big Apple. We don't fool you, we feed you. That was their slogan, uh -huh. you know. And food was literally, you know, leaking out on the edges of the plate. And it is tough to cut down on your portions when you get older because you're always hungry. Yeah. Well, if you don't get your nutrients, you will be hungry. Yeah. So eliminating the triggers for hunger is the other key. And what are those we, triggers? The triggers are sugar and carbs, <sighs> oh. processed carbs. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost impossible, almost, to stay away from sugar. But my question to you is, are you talking about processed sugar exclusively because fruits and some vegetables do have sugar in them? Processed sugars mainly, but too much fruit is a problem. Okay. What about pure, organic 100% maple syrup. Syrup is still sugar. Okay. Um, it's one thing that as I got older, I couldn't tolerate anymore because I was hungry. And I said, I know I'm not really hungry because I'd fine tune my diet so much that when I stick something in like agave or honey or maple syrup or whatever, mm -hmm. the substitute sugars didn't work either. They, they, really racked my stomach okay you listed honey so honey is still sugar a sugar yeah okay so they're all sugars and i put the least in that i possibly can and try to balance it with enough protein so in one of the recipes in the book i have uh, carla hall's uh yogurt cups mm -hmm. and she uses yogurt which is strained so it's more concentrated and then she adds cherries on the bottom and one third, and I cut it down to one fourth cup of honey. So I cut it the honey down, mm -hmm. but it works okay. My mother, when I was a kid growing up, used to make yogurt with the cultures. Mm -hmm. Plain, no sugar, no sweeteners. Now, 
She then made a dessert or a summertime treat for us that was very good. She would mix in uh, orange juice and then put that into ice trays with toothpicks, put it in the freezer, and we had yogurt pops. Were they good? They were delicious. And I have no problem with plain yogurt. Matter of fact, I will mix in uh, the appropriate kind of um, a granola, that kind of thing, or nuts, that kind of, you know, that type of stuff, or fruit. I do like the fruited uh, yogurts. And again, I look for the uh, the information on the side where it talks about calories, cholest- uh, uh, carbs, and sugar. Uh, and I look for the one that has the lowest or none. Um you know, and it's interesting how I really wasn't eating a lot of these different things prior to the pandemic, but it wasn't something that it was abhorrent to me post uh, type 2 diabetes. And I think that's one of the things that we have in this country in particular have um, we've gotten so used to everything being so sweet. I also understand, uh, uh, Christy, they even put sugar in salt. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, That's I had interesting. heard. Yeah, I had heard. And you can't really taste it because the salt is so strong. But I had even heard that you know some manufacturers actually put a bit of sugar in salt. Well, isn't that what keeps us addicted? Is the sugar, the sweet, salty things? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's really amazing. You um, uh, you're joining us uh, from what part of the country? I'm in uh, North Georgia. Okay, been we in the news. From- been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Georgia has been in the news, and I'm glad the Supreme Court made the decision they did. Yeah, me too. I am too, because, um, you know, it's like either either you trust the system or you don't, okay? Exactly. And uh, if you don't trust it, fine. I'm not going to sit here and debate whether you should or shouldn't. I'm just saying, I'm gonna make a decision and either, either participate or don't, but uh, leave the rest of us alone, please. Now you're in Georgia, and yes, we you moved have... here from Colorado, actually. Okay. Now <clears throat> here's a uh, something I'd like to talk to you about. And I mentioned food combining. We've talked about sugar. We've talked about you know carbs and all of that other stuff. But one of the things that I've uh, my observation is this, and I want your input on this. You live in in uh, Georgia, that part, the southeast. I live here in California, so we both have. Um, growing seasons for different things. Yes. And there was a time many years ago where the location where you lived was where you grew your foods, your community, what have you, uh, your fruits and your vegetables, your grains, what have you. And that's what you ate. And as the seasons changed, you learned what to grow and what not to grow so that you could sustain yourself, especially through the winter, you know, maybe store things up and that type of thing. I know, I know, I know. So I'm curious as to whether or not it is the wisest thing for us to be eating certain foods. And we're now talking about the good stuff that's grown in the ground and that's where you get it from to eat. Uh, that we should be um, moving throughout the seasons from one set of foods, fruits and vegetables and so forth, to another because our body is like a filtration system. 
And if you're eating the same stuff over and over and over again, uh, 365, 24, 7, 365, so to speak, your body eventually gets clogged up. Whereas if you're putting different foods throughout the different seasons in through your body, uh, it's, 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 the body is able to, to filter through and utilize these different elements during the different seasons so that your system doesn't get gummed up, gunked up. I agree. Okay. If I didn't have MTHFR, it's what I would be doing. Okay. So that's ideal. Luckily, my friend in Mexico can do this Mm -hmm. because she doesn't have MTHFR. So she can eat the vegetables that come up that are on her list in a variety of different combinations. Okay. So it's different for different people. Right. I get that. And you don't have to follow it 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you follow it 80%, that's good. Mm-hmm. And it depends on how your body feels. Okay. Now, you, you've used the, the acronym there a couple of times. What is this condition that you have? Uh, how long have you had it? And is there there no cure per se uh, for it? Uh, give us a little history on this and, and on yourself in that regard. There's no cure for it. I haven't heard of any gene splicing or anything like this, like they have for other diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't methylate our folates properly. And when you don't, then you don't run your glutathione cycles properly. And you're not supporting your mitochondria properly. Okay. So we have to keep all that running. And sometimes some of us have to jump through special hoops and sometimes we don't. Well, tell us, you've used some awfully big words there. Can you put that in in layman's terms, uh, the normal process of the body systems versus what you are dealing with? The process of normal body systems, when they run efficiently, mm-hmm. they take in food. They can use all the vitamins and all the food they get. They can take it in fortified cereals. They can take it in um, any way. They can even take it in pill form. People with MTHFR should not take pills because it builds up and causes cancer. Um, but they can do that. And if they can get their body system running, then they'll feel good even through the age of 90 and maybe even a hundred. So what is this MTH? FR. FR. What is that? Is that a process by which you are unable to do that? Your body is unable to do that. Yes. Efficiently. Okay. It's not working at a hundred percent. So I have to eat my folates at every meal has there been determined a a source cause it's a genetic thing that's passed down and my father's side of the family has it two of my cousins died before the age of 70 one of them has parkinson's and lewy body dementia and lewy body dementia runs in that side of the family Mm. okay so it's a familial thing and apparently 40 to 50 percent of the population have this gene. Would you say that this condition or conditions like it, where our diet over the last 50, 75 years in this country specifically, 
uh, have contributed uh, to uh, the brain's inability to function normally to where we have these conditions, these issues of dementia and Alzheimer's and, and so forth? Oh, that's a good question. I don't believe there's an environmental cause. But how did my grandma live to 91, even though she couldn't walk? Hmm. I do not know the answer to that because my father died at 79. Did, did your grandmother uh, smoke cigars or, or drink whiskey? No, she did not. Because I love those stories of, of centenarians who are asked, so uh, what do you attribute your longevity to? So, well, I had a cigar every day and a couple of shots of moonshine or whiskey or yep. <laughs> or even in Russia, you hear about these hundred year olds and it was vodka. <laughs> right, right. Well, again, everybody's different because there are people who did that and they die in their 60s or 70s, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. You have some so, stories. No, I want you to go ahead and, and before we get to the stories. No, that's okay. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Tell us, you have a couple of stories that you wanted to share with our listeners that uh, exemplify uh, the conditions that are out there and the work that you do to support and facilitate people uh, to better health and well-being. Well, um, one lady in my book um, thought she had my, myasthenia gravis. It turned out she was actually hypokalemic. So she has to take more potassium than a normal person would. Hmm. And then um, there's one lady who used my book to lose 90 pounds in five months. How did she do this? Wow. She used the Whole30 diet. She cut out all dairy, all sugar, all grains, and all beans. Hmm. And she lost 90 pounds in five months. She was really had a big belly, and now she has none. But who can do that like she did, cut out all those things at once? I had a hard time. <laughs> well, yeah. that's. So, I mean, again, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, how much of an impact from your experience does our nutrition – our bodily, our, our um, biology affect our emotional state. I know I mentioned earlier that we have our own personal pharmaceutical uh, company uh, uh, manufacture, ma- manufacturing plant within us. And if we aren't giving ourselves the right nutrients, then that manufacturing plant puts well, out there's junk. The MTHFR, which causes depression. Depression. COMT is another condition, and I can't describe to you how to fix it, but there is a pathway that um, Ben Lynch put up last night on a webinar that shows how you can run your processes so that your brain and your COMT runs efficiently. Mm-hmm. So again, here we go back to the strategy which is a test on my website under books and tests that I think you can use to find what you need to do to optimize your health. Hmm. We are uh, in this country uh, in need of a lot of help. I'm curious as to when you came to the realization that you were a healer. Um, and that you wanted to help people. 
I came to the realization when I was able to eliminate my pain on a consistent basis. Hmm. And I worked to get there because if I couldn't solve it, I couldn't help anyone else solve it. Your website is uh, is Keys to Basic Health, and that too is T-O. So keystobasichealth.com, and we encourage people. We'll be linked to your website, as with our previous interview. This is actually your second visit to our program, and we're very grateful that you are giving us the time to, to talk more about this. Um, you also have um, uh, links on your website, not only to your books and test kits, but also, I think extremely important, um, you have recipes for the various blood types. And there's A, A, B, B, O. Um, the only way to find out what your blood type is, obviously, is to have it tested. And that's a specific test, right? Yes, or you can donate blood if you want. Okay. Um, I often wonder in a lifetime if you're not a donator, a person who donates blood to the blood bank, I wonder how often, uh, how much blood we eventually <laughs> have siphoned out of us for testing over our lifetimes. Obviously, It's not enough to make your red cells regenerate. So I have one friend who donated every year, she said, to keep her liver clean mm. and to get her red cells new so they weren't old. And what is the downside of um, elderly or aging <laughs> red blood cells? Oh, I guess it's the same. I would have to compare it to the way they try to keep your bone from regenerating. Um, they, they've prescribed Actinel and Fosamax, and now someone wants to put strontium in your bones, and I'm going, wow. My husband's a biochemist, and he doesn't believe in chemicals, and he doesn't believe in minerals. And so to keep your bones stagnant is a problem. They'll still be brittle and they'll still break. Mm -hmm. You've got to keep things renewing, regenerating, rebuilding. You've got to keep it going. You know, I, <laughs> when you said your husband doesn't believe in those things, you ever, you ever come back with, well, you may not believe in them, but they believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I, because... That's why I do this with food. Mm -hmm. Is there, uh, and I know you've probably seen this or uh, read about this uh, in various uh, uh, newspapers, magazines, periodicals, on television or on the radio, when they start talking about the perfect food and we get a new one every so often, you know, that it has everything you could possibly need. Is there really such a thing? I don't think so. There's options like the quercetins. You know how they said an apple a day will mm -hmm. keep the doctor away? Mm -hmm. Well, there's choices. You can have an apple. You can eat onions. You can eat apricots. So you can't eat everything. So you find out which nutrients you need for your body, like which ones you need to prevent cancer, which ones you need to prevent inflammation inflammation and you pick the one that you like the best i don't know if we talked about this the last time you were on the program uh and it may have been um fairly early on matter of fact i can actually tell you it was actually may 20th we had our chat and that was uh three months into the pandemic for the united states 
uh, and you had talked, am I correct? You had talked about um, how it's not that you have a cure for the virus, but that it's important for us, regardless of whether there's a pandemic or not, to fortify our immune systems. Absolutely. What are the key elements that we need to fortify our immune systems? We need to prevent disease. How do we do that? We find what our body needs. We support it with what our body needs. We eat the food we need for our bodies so we don't get fat. And we avoid disease. Okay. Are there particular uh, foods that are better than others, or is this going back to the individualist individual? Uh, uh, it's going list. back to the individual because everybody needs vitamin B12 and riboflavin and things like this. Blood type O's, if liver's on their list, that's preferable for them. For me, as a blood type A, salmon is preferable for me. So, all proteins have. B12 and all that. Mm -hmm. And you got to choose the one that works best for you. Yeah. Um, And of course, are are there, are there ways of uh, testing that, I mean, I mean, how does one know that one is, I find this funny in these, in these, in these pharmaceutical commercials, don't take this if you're allergic to it or the ingredients therein. I'm going, well, how would I know that? Until well, I take you, it, you know? Yes, that's so, what happens. So, you take it and find out. So so is that the only way to find out whether or not you might, uh, a particular uh, food uh, for my blood type uh, is uh, good for me or not good for me? Is I've, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try it? And it's that trial and error? My, that's, that was my experience. That's why I went through a process of fine tuning, figuring out, okay, I need turkey instead of chicken. I need turkey instead of beef i need so i started with turkey chili and turkey gumbo okay those both have tomatoes so uh oh i can't have tomatoes so okay let's go to chow mein Mm -hmm. let's go to chow mein which i can make with turkey and it has no tomatoes and let's go to um a simple meal of a protein and a vegetable um a protein with broccoli or something like that okay i made collard greens for a while and I didn't feel good. And I said, okay, well, what do I need to do to change? So then I tried a romaine salad. And I said, oh, that works. So I kept that. And I don't make collard greens anymore. So I fine-tuned what I, depending on how I felt. Mm-hmm. So you do it by feel. Is there any intuition on your part? It is if I can walk or not, if I hurt or not. If I digest well or not, all those things. Okay. So I would want to take a look at, and this is something we did when I first started checking my blood sugar, and I would get the spikes and this and that and the other. Okay, well, what did I have in the last 24 hours? What did I eat in the last 24 hours? And so that was the process that I went through. Uh, If, for example, if I clench my fists and I'm feeling pressure in the joints, not pain, pressure. Okay, which yes. means there's some inflammation there. All right, yes. what have I had in the last 24, say 48 hours? Have I had enough water? You know, um, you know that type of thing. 
uh, or have I had too much of something else? Uh-huh. And um, so there is very little intuition and it's more in a manner of speaking experimentation. Yeah. I met a woman. It, go ahead. It's, it's, I found that the more protein I ate, the more carbs I needed to eat to balance it. So therefore to get my carbs down, I had to lower, minimize the size of my protein to eat a regular size portion of carbs, salad, broccoli, asparagus. Hmm. Christy Turnabini is my guest. We're talking about health and wellness. We're talking about the work that she does and through her website, Keys to Basic Health. Um, basic health is, health is really uh, our overall health and well-being. And one of the things that I have found interesting, and this has to do with um, my observations in terms of the commercials we were watching that I described earlier, and one of the things that I found interesting, and it was the day I was diagnosed, July 24th. By the way, my last soda was July 23rd. <laughs> Haven't had one since. Um, we went to lunch at a restaurant. And we like ordering the fried chicken sandwich because it has avocado and all the vegetables and everything. But this time, instead of ordering fries with it, we ordered a salad. And we said, could you bring us that sandwich without the bread. So we started out that first meal following the diagnosis. We started out doing what we could to begin the process. And I don't have a problem doing that. I mean, we even went to lunch once uh, two or three weeks later. I did the same thing with, uh, you know, with the protein I was going to have in a sandwich. I says, um, I didn't ask for no bread. I just didn't eat it. I just didn't eat the bread. Right. Because I didn't need the carbs. So um, this is something that each person literally has to ferret out for themselves, but they can do that through the work that you do and the things that you make available on your website, keystobasichealth.com, so as to uh, facilitate this process. Now, I know you said when you work with somebody, you need to know your blood type and your family history, health history. Um, my mother told me that high blood pressure runs in our family, told me that, uh, that type two diabetes runs in our family. I mean, there was this list of things that runs in our family and I'm going, well, not going to run in me. I, you know, um, I'm still dealing with the issue of high blood pressure, but it's more of a psychological issue than it is biological. Um, I took a test from euphoria and they told me for genetically high blood pressure eat artichokes and i do oh thank you so much i love artichokes they okay. it's one of those it's one of those vegetables it is a vegetable right because sometimes i'm yes. confused strawberries are a vegetable and uh avocados are a fruit and so is tomato but anyway <laughs> uh it's one of those vegetables uh, avocado uh, artichoke uh, i say whoever first thought to steam and eat these was really, really hungry, you know, uh, not because they, because uh, I love them. They taste great, especially the heart once you get through the leaves. But that's yeah. a lot of work that you got to go through. 
I mean, I don't know how many well, calories you burn off. They your, have <laughs> they have cans of quartered artichokes that I use. Oh, okay. Well, we like to buy them in the produce section, and we've actually um, cut them in half. Okay, from top to bottom, we cut them in half, and then we roast them or or grill them, and uh, and so forth. We also do it whole in a in a pot of, of water. Um, but they are absolutely delicious. Um, they're, they're a great opener appetizer for the the meal. Sometimes they're the meal. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're, they're really wonderful. And I'm going to, I'm going to remember that when we go to the produce section next time and say, okay, for my high blood pressure, I need to start eating more artichokes and I'll look for the cans. I'll look for the cans of have of quarter uh, artichokes. Okay. I know they sell artichoke hearts in jars, you know? Uh, yeah, that's, that's an, a lot of oil and spices and salt. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things too. I'm wondering uh, herbs and spices uh, that we add to flavor our foods. Most of them, and again, we're now talking grown of uh, spices and herbs, um, are are good additives in terms of adding a flavor to, or sometimes enhancing or bringing out the flavor in whatever we're eating. Uh, are there particular ones or just, again, you go back to the process of trial and error or experimentation um, well, based upon your I blood like type? Well, I like parsley. Mm -hmm. um, it's an apigenin like celery, which helps prevent cancer, according to Dr. Lee. Mm -hmm. um, I like turmeric. I hear that's very good. Yeah. But I mostly eat cherries for anti-inflammatory. Inflammatory things, right? And I eat onions. I eat onions in my salad for that reason. And onions are also the quercetin that I need every day. So there's overlap. You don't have to eat everything. Right, right. But you have such a wonderful diversity that's out there. Uh, don't don't sell yourself short from the standpoint uh, that there's a, a wide choice out there. You don't have to choose the first thing that's at the end of the produce section. Uh, you know, uh, and that's that's the beautiful thing about it. And we we talk about giving people choices and knowledge of those choices. You know, right. I was unaware, although I, I, I find it hard to believe that I was unaware of this uh, because of so much research that both my wife and I have done uh, about artichokes and, and high blood pressure. Uh, yeah. I know turmeric is supposed to be good for inflammation. Um, several others, cherry juice. Uh, I love cherry juice. Matter of fact, uh, I'm able to, uh, to mix that with other beverages and, and, uh, and enjoy the benefits of the cherry juice. Although, uh, the, the downside is even though I get the tart, you know, with no added sugar, um, mm -hmm. I was also told that it's not good for one's, uh, blood sugar. But then there are other things that I can eat that help to, um, balance the metabolizing of the sugar uh, yes. that my system, at least it was in, in a state where it was, it was uh, metabolizing it too quickly. And so I, I, that's where I would get the spikes. Well, that's where I added the vegetables cause I couldn't do straight fruits. Yeah. But again, there's, there's, it's, it's again, it's like, my gosh, the planet has got so many wonderful things that we, that are available to us. Now, obviously, you found out about a majority of all of that you, you are teaching now through uh, uh, the doctor that you, you uh, were mentioning. Um, but I'm wondering, 
Uh, oh, I was going to mention about this woman that I met in Phoenix uh, many years ago who had this deck of 52 cards. And on those cards were printed on one side these various plants that grew in the Southwest Desert that were edible. On the other side was the information about it and maybe even a recipe on how to how to prepare it. She called herself the Wild Weed Woman. Mm-hmm. And she told the story of how she began this uh, where she was watching um, the news and she was watching the first desert storm and she saw this family sitting on the side of the road and they were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were, um, they were hungry. They wanted something to eat and they had virtually nothing. And yet there they were kneeling on the side of the road. And they were kneeling in some plants that she recognized that were highly nutritious as, and obviously inedible. And yet here these people were, they were starving. They had so no f- does she eat them raw or does she have to cook them? Well, that's, uh, that's what's interesting is that there are different recipes. Matter of fact, when the rains came to Arizona and where I worked out in, the, out in the, uh, this one uh, farm field, um, the tumbleweeds started to grow. Well, tumbleweeds don't grow uh, brown and prickly. They start out as green. Well, one of the plants that she had listed was the tumbleweed. And what you do is while it is still green, you cut the, the two inch ends off of the plant and you can put that in water. Maybe you put it in with other vegetables and potatoes and things of this nature uh, to make a soup. I tried yeah. that. And you can even eat those because when they're green, they're still soft. They're still they're, they're, uh-huh. they're not prickly. And they were very good. Wow, sounds wonderful. And very nutritious. Uh huh. So this is the thing that is fascinating to me is is how much is out there that we, we, we walk right by every day and we don't know its medicinal or nutritional benefits to our, our bodies. And that's right. why these plants are here. Yep. What about... God made, God made the world for us. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned uh, no chicken, no beef, but turkey is okay. What are your thoughts about... Uh, um, I'll put it this way, animal consumption. I'm the one who needs protein. I hurt when I don't eat enough protein. But I found that I can survive on yogurt, sardines, and salmon. Yogurt? Okay. Sardines? I don't know. Salmon? I think I could handle that. Yeah. I love seared ahi tuna. <laughs> if, if that's any indication. Um, but uh, sardines, I, I have not really tried. Nor anchovies. Our anchovies are a little salty, aren't that's they? That's my understanding is they are. They're a little salty. Yeah. Um, I tried to make my own Caesar dressing once. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. How, how successful was that? Well, I wanted the recipe from Bistro 29 up in Murphy. And... You couldn't see it on the salad, but you could smell the garlic. Oh. And I am looking for that guy. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening, you know where to go. Keys to basichealth.com. And uh, you can get in touch with Christy Turnabeni in regards to the the work that she's doing. But she's also trying to, the other work is she's trying to create this salad dressing. Help her out. Uh, I, I don't have any ins in that regard, in spite of all the wonderful restaurants here in Santa Barbara. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I marvel at 
the work that folks such as yourself do uh, to come up with answers for people. Um, how many people do you have a record of how many people you have uh, uh, supported, assisted and facilitated to better health? Oh, hundreds. Mm. But I hope hope to help more. <laughs> yeah. And do you think that the pandemic that uh, hopefully we're 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 coming to an end with it uh, here in the not too distant future um, is going to make our health and well-being uh, maybe a little bit more in jeopardy because, as I described earlier, because of my blood sugar issue, uh, they went to the comfort foods and now we're going to have all of these different conditions conditions and and uh, it's going to put our, our nation's health and well-being maybe at risk? This is what I have heard. So we need to get people back to the produce section of the store instead of in the middle yeah. of the store. Yeah. You, you cannot, I don't care how hard you try, folks, you cannot make a healthy Twinkie. I really don't think you can. No. <laughs> well, Christy Turnabeni, um, is there a particular motto or message uh, that you you put out to people when talking about uh, basic health and well-being? I believe you can find your way to health. I believe that it's possible to get better if you're not and to stay better if you are. <laughs> mm. Well, I am very appreciative of your giving us this time again. Uh, you know, you have, I'm sure, hundreds of stories of people who had maybe terminal conditions, disease, uh, who basically ha took, the, took the bull by the horn, so to speak. They had the willpower because they wanted to live, not die, and they turned it around. Uh, but you don't hear too much about those these days. You're hearing more, but... It takes courage to change. Yeah. I, I just I just didn't want to. I, I found out, of course, that it would be a very severe case of type 2 diabetes if I didn't turn it around and I would have to start taking insulin. I think that my dislike of needles was was part of the impetus. <laughs> I'm so glad um, that you have a little bit of the knowledge to take your health in your hands. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you're encouraging others as well to take health into their hands. I would highly recommend you go to keystobasichealth.com. Christy Turnabeni has been my guest. And again, I thank you so much for giving us uh, this wonderful uh, insight into what we can do. Uh, and I am going to, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't think it would be that expensive, but insurance probably covers. I've got to figure out what my blood type is. I, I don't know. My wife knows hers. And for whatever reason, I don't know what mine is. I don't know that it's in my baby book that my mother gave me when I was 21 and I moved out. Uh, but uh, maybe I can find it somewhere and uh, and then go that direction. I'll send you a link to a $10 test if oh. you want. Okay. I mean, I've been pricking my finger with those with those uh, uh, styluses, um, uh, with the, the blood sugar uh, testing meter. So it's not like I'm afraid to put some blood uh, somewhere. By the way, one other thing, and I think I ordered this through your website, um, pH the strips. pH? Yeah. Yes. Why is, yeah. why is pH balance, the, what is it, um, alkaline versus acid, so important in our systems? 
because our body operates in the middle, right in neutral at pH 7. Okay. And when we deviate from that, it pulls out nutrients from our body to get back to normal. So that's how we get osteopenia and osteoporosis and all, those all kinds are, of other things. Other, all of those other osteo things. <laughs> yeah. uh, before I let you go, uh, I do want to ask you three questions that uh, I may have asked you back in May, but I'm going to ask again because sometimes the answers change. Sometimes they don't. Um, you may have touched upon them during the interview, but I, I like to ask them pointedly. Uh, before I do, though, I want to let our listeners know that uh, this program is here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at richarddugan.com. Podcasts on richarddugan.com via SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations you are reposting our interviews to, and I thank you for that. If uh, what we've been talking about resonates with you, I hope it does, not only go to keys to basichealth.com we will be linked to that website as well but also if this resonates with you and you'd like to support the work we're doing we would love to have your financial support that's why we have a paypal and patreon account uh, for your security as well as ours and please take time to go within during this decade of perfect vision the 2020s we hope that you will do that and uh, we hope that you will continue to listen to these programs on, uh, on the podcast, the broadcast, as well as on YouTube. Uh, Richard Dugan is the uh, website. Just look for the guy with the hat. Before we go, we always like to ask our guests three final questions, even if they're a returning guest. I've had people on here five and six times, uh, Christy. So, um, you know, sometimes the answers change. Uh, so my first question to you is, who is Christy Turnabeny? Christy Turnabeny is a 66-year-old woman who can go to the grocery store for her 83-year-old husband, do all the shopping and not hurt, walk up and down stairs without pain, and work on her projects, which include quilting, knitting, looming, cooking <laughs> a little bit. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Yes. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you hope to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Christy? Did you ask a second question? You were frozen a little okay. bit. Okay, second question. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? I hope to help others sail through middle age with fun in their lives and happiness and hope and all the things that they wish for themselves and their children. I have a new course, which is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www dot 12 the number 12 keys the number two basichealth.com forward slash 12 keys hyphen landing that's my new course that's your new course and we hope people will uh will take advantage of that and final question is what is your life's purpose my life's purpose is to empower people to become the best they can so that they can help others and keep on with the processes they have. 
Well, again, we thank you so much for giving us this time uh, uh, and this second interview. And we're going to stay in touch to to continue to educate uh, our listeners, uh, as well as inspire through the stories that you have available. Uh, and uh, the title of the book that people want to pick up is what? It's Keys Number 2 Basic Health. And it's on Amazon. But if you can't find it, just search for my name, Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, Tornabene, T-O-R-N-A-B-E-N-E. And it's in other countries also. Wonderful. Other languages, great. Uh, Christy Turnabeni, I want to thank you again for joining us, and uh, we look forward to having you back again in the not-too-distant future. I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.